Good evening and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri. And I'm Lauren McKillop. Uh, firstly, we'd like to start tonight by thanking our sponsor, Enduro, High Energy Food for Working Dogs with Real Kangaroo Roommate for sponsoring our Q&As. Although we're not live tonight, we're fortunate enough to be speaking with our first international guest all the way from uh, South Scotland, Laura Heinekens from She Shepherds, who will be picking what she thinks is the best question and they will win a bag of Enduro Plus. Welcome, Laura. How are you? Hi there, I'm good, thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. How's your morning been so far? Oh, sorry, I'm not sure that, um, I can hear you well. It's okay. Can you hear, can you hear me better now? Yep, yep, we can hear you. How's your morning been? Yeah, it's been, it's been great. As you, as you know, I've been trying to find signal everywhere in this place. <laughs> um, yes, I think, I think it looks okay, so finger crossed it stays like that. I suppose it doesn't matter where you are, internet can always be a bother. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Laura, tell us a bit about yourself, your family, um, where you're from, what you do. Uh, so, right now I live in Scotland. I've been living in this country for like five years, I think. Um, I'm originally from Belgium, so I was born in the middle of Brussels, in the city. Um, my parents are obviously not from farm background. I've got uh, no grandparents in farming either. Uh, I just was really uh, keen into, well, obsessed by animals since I was a kid. And um, and uh, that's why I took this path. And uh, right now I'm farming my own sheep. So I've got uh, 500 North Country Cheviots at home. And um, and I contract a farm as well. So, yep, this is what I do. And I do a bit of self-employed work as well when I've got time, but it's not often yep. anymore. Yeah, I know your partner um, mentioned earlier when we were having a chat that uh, he spent a bit of time in Australia. How are um, your Cheviots different from our Merinos? Um, well, because I haven't been in Australia, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really know. I think I should ask him, but... Um, well, I would say that what I've seen, I think uh, as two totally different kind of sheep. I mean, wool-wise or even the carcass or, you know, the, the, the merinos look like they're super hardy. Uh, yeah. My that we fatties, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So how do you use your working dogs in your day-to-day -day life? Uh, I just use them probably 24-7. Well, I, I just need them all the time. Um, like here, the sheep are not, like uh, like if I talk about the hill farm, for example, that you don't really see them that much. So they don't really know human very much. So they're pretty wild. Uh, so if you don't have dogs, you just, you just, you can't do nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and the time I gain with them is just, incredible so no I can't I can't I can't do without them I actually I was saying that to my to my partner I was like I really feel naked when I don't have dogs that's the first thing when I don't have my whiskers in the hill and then the third thing is when I don't have goals so <laughs> so it's no quite, I need them like being at that party and nobody talks dogs you're not sure what to do sorry it's like when you're at a party or with people and nobody talks dogs, you don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, you mentioned you never grew up on a property or, um, you know, your parents had no livestock. So where did your passion for working dogs and livestock come from? Um, I started uh, to, to ride horses a wee bit when I was like 10 or so. And, um, and since then I was just, I was just totally addicted and, um, and uh, when I was 18, I started to work for a vet and he had uh, like 100 breeding mares and I was working for him and, and riding the, the, his horses and, um, and he had some sheep as well. And, uh, and I ended up having to work in amongst them, but it was, it was horrible because he didn't have a dog. So I was just basically the dog. And I was doing being being shouted at, and I had to run in the field and try to get them in. And that was it was a nightmare. And I was like, that could be so much more fun. And I started to look into it a wee bit, and I was like, we really just need a dog. I mean, it's going to be so fun. And um, 
And this is really how I started to be a bit keener in sheep because I started to, to learn a bit more about them and how they were reacting and stuff. And, and yeah, that's where I got my first dog. <laughs> yeah. Who, who was your first dog? She, uh, she's called Fuji. So she's still, she's still with me. Um, but uh, yeah, she was, uh, she was unregistered from Shoreline. <laughs> yep. So I really had no idea. I saw a picture of two parents working and I just thought, right, I could do. So I really had no idea at the time, but she's been, she's done really, really well for me, even competition wise. So yeah, I've been very lucky. I know it's not always the case. And you said Fuji, so she loves the camera? Sorry? You said Fuji, so does she love the camera? <laughs> yes, no, she, she, she actually does, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the team you've got there at the moment. The, the, the dogs I've got there, sorry? Yeah, yes. the team of dogs you've got. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, I've got um, I've got my old Meg, uh, so she's she's eleven now. She's she's really really good. She's been a fantastic dog for me. So she she made the the Scottish team as well, and she ran the brace with me. So so she's been a fantastic wee dog, uh, but she's just turning eleven. So now it's um, I've got a, a young handler that's coming every day nearly harassing me <laughs> and getting <laughs> lessons with her and um so she's gonna she's gonna be running the novice with uh, with rebecca so that's really exciting to see that she can be someone's main dog as well but she still stays here so that's really cool and um i've got kira so she's uh she's seven i think and uh so she's uh, she's one of my open dog for uh, the national and she's Great, great hill dog. Great, yeah, she's she's a smart little thing. <laughs> and um, and then I've got Sorog. It's uh, her son, and he's out of uh, Michael Shear's gym. is uh, is a very nice, available dog. It will do anything, just just literally anything, and and he will not worry sheep either. He's just very kind to them, but it does it it it, it, it does the job. So no, I really I really like him, and um, and I've got two nursery dog, Cruz and Pilot, that's gonna start running their first nurseries in a month or a couple of months or something. Yeah. And, and then a couple of younger ones. And and all collies. Yes, they're all collies. Yeah. And what? Why collies? What what attracted you to collies? What other what other choices do you have over there? Uh, I think over here we have, um, well, I would say most people have collies, but then we have also, like you guys, I've got Kelpies and Hunterways. Um, I did have a Kelpie at some point, but I just think that for the kind of work we have, um, I wouldn't say it's not enough, but you need the like sheep can get really stressed in the hill for example and if you send a dog and he's a bit maybe too pushy or too natural then if you can't see them the sheep may just end up lying down and i think that collies are easier because they're more obedient than kelpie kelpie they just think they just know but yeah. they can't see everything but like a collie you can stop it and make it you know and um, but I had a kelpie and I was doing the backing and stuff and I just loved that because because uh, I just learned by myself it was super cool. But <laughs> the thing as well is that in this country it's like raining all the time and I was working in the fank with him and and uh, it was called Yagan and he was he was jumping on top of the sheep and stuff and going back and they were so muddy and I couldn't send I, I had like uh, my lots of fat lambs ready to go and I was like I need to wash them because they're too <laughs> muddy. <laughs> And I was like, oh no. And I've done that a couple of times. So yeah, that didn't work for me, but I think they're brilliant dogs. And um, hunterways as well. I'm, I'm not sure. I might take a hunt away. I, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's cool. And um, how, how would you go to the hunt away with all that noise in the hills over there? Would, um, would that work for you? The, with the hunterway, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think they would clear the whole face. But again, it's 
but that's maybe the thing that annoys me the most. See, if I get a dog that goes woof woof and everything is clear in two minutes, then it's too easy for the colleagues, you know, <laughs> the thing to do. And I'm like, no, that's cheating. You know, I try to be sneaky in the hills, so you know, <laughs> I get to do more stuff. <laughs> I love it. You're trying to drag the work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> So what are the particular traits um, in the line of dogs that you currently have that, that you really like? Um, so I think since I started, I think there was, there was a few things that I try not to keep. Um, I really like a dog that is like going to do well all the time. I like, you know, I don't like something that's really, really good on light sheep or really, really good on heavy sheep. You know, I like something that's really regular. So like, when I like, yeah, if I want a good trial season, I want to be placed all the time a bit. I don't need to be first or I don't need to be, you know, I don't want to be obviously disqualified or something, but I like a dog that is consistent. So for that, I think, I think it's for that reason, but I really like a dog that is free. So with a good balance, but if you ask him to, you can come much closer with like, really really this freedom of movement so i don't like dogs with eye too much yeah and uh i would say as well i don't like dogs that get excited easily so if the situation changes i don't like that the dog just kind of you know loses everything and yeah so that's i would say the two thing i don't like and i don't like a grip i don't like dogs that are tense and end up gripping for no reason I rather yeah. I rather teach a dog to grip because they can all learn to grip. So when I train my young dogs, I, most of the time I mean I, I never really have any grip at all. You know, even if they run in the middle, they'll maybe bump with their shoulder or something. But somehow it's it looks like it's passing well on the line, and there's no yeah, there's not much grip. How how do you go? Sorry. How do you go teaching grip? Teaching people. No grip. What's grip? What's that mean? <laughs> no, grip. You mentioned there that you can, um, you know, if you don't like a dog with too much grip. Oh, and, grip. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. It's my accent. No, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> well, I think the grip, I think that most of the time, the grip, we teach it by mistake because we need the dog to grip because he's being, you know, kind of attacked by a sheep or something or faced by a sheep and we needed to grip but I really enjoy teaching the grip like uh, in a small paddock with with training sheep and uh, because basically I think when the dog is gripping it's never nice for him I mean even if sometimes we think oh my dog is so powerful is gripping well it's actually really not nice for him I mean even if you think when a ram is hitting a dog right in his mouth and the dog is gripping it's like it must be really painful as well for the dog and um and they can lose confidence so me what i do is that i try to make it simple and i try to to make it happen so the dog doesn't get any bad memories of it so i will take a few ulams or something i will grab one by the leg and i will just try to excite the dog a wee bit that is standing in front of a sheep and I'll just say, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then when the dog just looks like he wants to grip or touch the nose or something, I just let the sheep go and that's it. And that's like, yeah, that's what I want. And it's okay. Because I think that when dog grips, if you want to teach them to stop gripping, you kind of need to be hard on them. And I think the more you're hard on a dog, the more the jaw is going to close, which makes even more pressure. So you end up with dogs that are going to grip less maybe but they are going to hold on more and they're going to make more damage because of all the tension that's in their jaw. They're just going to just keep holding on to it. So I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather teach a dog, even a dog that, let's say, I had dogs that were gripping, um, grippy before. And even if they know how to grip, I'll teach them how to grip properly and I'll teach them that's okay. Let go. Yeah. And yeah. So you yeah, have controlled dogs. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. that's actually a really good explanation of it. Uh, no, thank you heaps for that. Do you breed your own dogs? Yes, I do. Yes, uh -huh. uh, yeah. I have. Sorry? 
You're right. How, how's that going for you? Yes, I was just going to say that um, I'm, I've started to have uh, to have quite a few generation now, so that's 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 pretty cool because you can really see what they are going to be as well. And uh, although they're all different, it's yeah, it's quite fun to to breed and and run your own ones. So how are you? Um, how are you selecting your hops? Um, um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I think um, I think I really like a dog that is average. I don't like a dog that like a pup that will be maybe a bit too shy or that's always standing back. I'll not go for that kind of dogs, and I will not go for the one that's super dominant that's gonna harass everybody. I quite like a dog that just chill and you know, yeah, is a bit in the middle of the litter. Yep. And uh, yeah. and I think what I don't like either is that a pup that would uh, that would be scared of something like you start a quad bike. Whoosh, they all get scared, okay, because it's like a noise that comes from nowhere. But then I really want the pup to come back and have a look yep. at it. I don't want to, I will not maybe pick the one that's standing back and saying, mm, I don't like that. I like when they come and see what's going on. Yep. And the bossy ones, what moving like, what don't you like about them moving forward from your experiences? Um, It's more. I would say it's more towards the other dogs. It's not really, it's not really towards me. I don't think. Um, as long as you know, obviously you are the leader and stuff. I don't think there's any any problem. I think especially collies that they're, they're pretty, you know, they have soft nature. Uh, so even if you have a, a really strong one of a you know hard temper, it's still gonna lessen. So I don't think it's more for that. I just think it's to go in, in amongst other dogs. When I work more dogs, I want them to be able to just let go. If I'm, you know, running one, then, you know, I'm not running the others and just kind of thing. Just just to have more like a calm temper rather than, yeah. Yep. And those ones that are a bit shy, how do you find those when they start to mature? I don't know. They change, they change a lot, to be honest. Because um, sometimes I keep a few of the same litter and... Uh, they can just change a lot and that depends on, you know, obviously what I do with them and things like that. But the shyest one, the thing is that I'm going to spend more time with them to make them, you know, as confident as the others. So yep. rather prefer to keep the more confident ones. But, you know, I think with time, it doesn't really make a difference. And you mentioned there about <laughs> running like different dogs. How many, in a typical day of work, how many dogs would you take to work and how many would you use on each task as an average? I think I will I will always have three. Um, I would say three is a minimum, and then I would take uh, the little extras and uh, the little gangsters. So I take <laughs> the young ones, and uh, let's say if I've got work to do in, in the fang, so in the yard, I think you call that, then yeah. I'll, I'll take the young ones and put them somewhere, and you know, they'll just have to do their own things. And uh, and I can afford to do that because they're not gripping at all. So they're going to have to find a way to not get, you know, trampled by the sheep and, uh, and still, you know, do their job. So, yeah, I, I would say five then when I go somewhere. And if you're sending a dog in the mountains, would you send one dog at a time or would you send two? I, most of the time I send two um, because it's quicker and I'm always uh, running out of time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and in the hill it's 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 really important because they have like it's like hills with headers and um, and there's lots of little lots of little paths and you can see that those sheep they're so wild they just don't stick together and uh, and you can have you know like a big lot and then two over there two over here and you really need to be able to get everybody together but because they're on the line they can start running like nuts and um, yeah you need more dogs to to catch up with those buggers <laughs> it's always good to have more dogs anyways it's just more 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 company to speak to what advice would you give to someone <laughs> wanting to get their first pup um 
So I would I would say probably um, to to think about what they do and what they need. So the, the type of work they do with their dogs, the type of competition they have and things like that. And to go and see people that do the same and to see what type of dog they have and to see if they have the same kind of temper as well, just to see if, if it would work. Because I think if you just go for you know any lines, then it's most likely that you're going to get something that might not suit you. Because there were so many, in collies anyway, I mean, I don't know about obviously other breed, but in collies, there were so many different types that, you know, it's just, it's just as well to choose the one that suits you best for your job. Yeah, awesome. Well, we, we've, had a, we've got a few questions here. Um, a few of our members have asked, so we might flick them to you and um, Laura will read them out because uh, my eyes aren't that good seeing that far across the screen. So here you go. There's one question here. <laughs> oh, now my computer doesn't want to work. What are some traits a dog requires when working the Scottish Hills at huge distances from the handler and often out of sight? What are the skills? Um, what are the, the traits that the dogs require for the large hills that you guys have? I think uh, you really you really need a dog that can think a bit, and uh, you know once once they're up there, they need to get the sheep down somehow or forward, and they kind of need to understand what we're doing because we don't just bring them down to us. So there is. You know, there, there was lots of different techniques and, you know, when you work with other people as well, just to be able to, you know, share the, share the work. But, yeah, you need a dog that is not going to worry the sheep either. You need something that's got a nice balance and, um, yeah, and that, that doesn't rush anything and um, that is able to think a lot when you spot some sheep. Sometimes you just you don't want those ones, so you need to be able to redirect them. So they need to be quite supple. They can't be just, you know, if they're too stubborn and they're like, no, no, I'm getting those ones. No, no, no. Like, mine's up. Keep going. <laughs> so, so, yes, I did that. There's another question here. Um, do you require a stronger, more forceful dog in the hills or with the work you are doing day to day than when competing in trials? Uh, I actually think that the trial is the the easiest bet um so yeah i think a, a trial is pretty much trying to be perfect which is definite at work you just <laughs> you try to get it done um and um yeah so so i think that for for my work like if the sheep are stuck or hiding in rocks and things like that it's never going to be a situation that i'm going to have when i'm trialing but you still need to be absolutely perfect when you trial. So it's it's kind of two different uh, skills, I would say. But I don't think I would um, I would be able to compete well. I wasn't working my dogs every day. I hope it yeah, answers the question. Sorry. I hope it answers the question. By the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. How how tight, um, like you said, have been perfect in trials. How tight are the scores over there? Like you have to run an extremely high score because there's so much consistency between the top handlers. Uh, yes, yes, some good ones. <laughs> um, well, uh, we when we have um, a trial that's 110 points, then yeah, you you get easily scored past 100. So it's it's very always very tight to the top. I would say. Um, yeah. So the judge is splitting hairs. <laughs> um, another question here. How do you start a pup or young dog and how do you get that dog used to um, the hill work? So um, me, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of the ones that will wait quite a bit before I get them into sheep. I mean, most of the time, to be honest, they just go by mistake. They go underneath a gate and they start running after sheep. So this is basically <clears throat> my official <laughs> training method. No, but I would say if I had to do it properly my own way, I would take a pup at five months old in a tiny paddock with 
just two or three lambs and just let it chase for like a minute and then try my best to grab it and uh, and that's it and then do that at six months do that at seven months eight months like once every month and um and probably around 10 months i would start getting the basics um just get the dog to behave properly rather than just obedience so i'm not I don't care about stop or anything like that. I just want the dog to react to my pressure and to be at the right place for the sheep. So I want my dog to learn how to work sheep before he learns any commands, if it makes sense. And, yeah. um, and I will take them in the hill with me. I will just have them on the bike. And, uh, and obviously it's really good for them because they will start, they will look at my, I will send my older dogs and they will see them running out and they will start to spot sheep and they'll be, you know, watching the whole time. So that's, that's really good for them, I think. And how, I'm looking from the dog's perspective now, when that young dog first, you send it the first time, does it send a bit direct or have you got enough groundwork on it already that it's going to kick out and cast out or flank, I think you guys call it, and get around its sheep or are they still a bit direct to start with when, They've got all this energy. They just want to get out there. Yes, I think, especially in the hill, if I was sending, let's say I have a young dog that's just started and I send it up in the hill, no, I will try to do it not too far. And also because it's quite steep, it's quite rocky, uh, there's lots of bracken, lots of heather, it's really hard for the young dog to go. And I really would rather a dog that goes straight to the sheep rather than a dog that opens because it will, you know, it, it will lose confidence by having to spend so much time going up and up and up. And um, and I think if a young dog goes straight and at the end just gather them, even like a meter around them, that would that would be perfect. And also those sheep, it's most likely that if my dog casts too much, they'll be gone by then. They will, it will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're waiting on those paths and they're just like waiting to decide which way they're going to run. So, yeah, you, you basically, actually, young dogs are great for that job because they really get, get them down pretty quickly. How often would your sheep be handled? Um, well, my sheep here, my own ones, they handle all the time uh, because it's all in by, so I don't have hill in this farm. But the other farm, which is 1,600 uh, hectares, it's it's quite big, so I think we gather them every two months, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, they're pretty wild. And because they're Scottish blackies, they are wild anyway. So yeah. It's great. Lots of bruises. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one here, question from a bloke called Daniel Lenzo. Um, agricultural practices are different around the world. Can you please explain why lambing time in the UK is so important and what sort of things are done during lambing and why it is so important to have strong dogs for lambing. So <clears throat> yeah, lambing time is uh, is absolutely mental. Um, so, <laughs> so you basically just never sleep. Uh, <laughs> so you, you have different different ways of doing it. Obviously you have in by or or door. And if you do uh, invite, sorry, uh, inside. So if you do insides, uh, you do need your dogs to check the sheep during the day that you have let out. So let's say you lamb some, you put them in individual pens uh, for like a day and uh, you do everything that needs to be done. So you ring the tail, you mark them, you, you maybe tag them if they have pedigrees or whatever. Well, you check all that and then you let them out in the first field. And then you put them into, you know, a next one with more sheep. So it's like there is lots of work work involved in uh, inside lambing because you need to do inside, but then also all the problems outside, and you need to be able to bring sheep um, if there's any problem outside as well. Um, but you really need to be there all the time because there's so uh, so many sheep in such a small area. If you have two uh, two twins lambing together, this is going to be a nightmare. They're going to lamb in the same corner. So if you're not there, it's most likely that they're going to miss mother. And, uh, you know, there's always, always uh, someone that has to be in the shed 
drink lambing inside. And um, but for the dog, for the dog uh, side of it, <clears throat> you can inside lambing. Or if uh, if you have, you can try to put the dog in front of the pen, and then she will start to feel a bit more like. Uh, you know, under pressure, so she's going to try to defend her lamb. And that's going to make her look like a mum, and then the lamb is going to have a look. And that sometimes in her head, there is something that happens that she wants the lamb now, and she wants to kick <laughs> the dog. <laughs> and um, so that's inside, but outside, yes, outside, um, the dogs get uh, like a lot, lot of work. So basically, when you lamb outside, so when I lamb my blackies outside, um, I go in the morning really early whenever it's it's daylight I go out of the quad bike and I check the hill parks so if you know if you have any problem if you have a you with a lamb stock then you need to catch a you in the hill and you know then after that you need to take it to a wee pen or something well there was there's always problem or you that hasn't got enough milk or oh my god there was like a list of things that go wrong I can't wait <laughs> Until April <laughs> um, Another question here is, can you explain a bit about the NSA and how does the NSA program help young people start out in farming and why is it so important for the future of the farming in the UK and how did it help you? Um, I actually don't really know much about what they do because we... Like um, uh, she has a as new entrance in farming. There there used to be a grant available in the past, but there isn't anything uh, now. So it's it's pretty hard work because to get started now, it's I think literally it's impossible. The price this year I've gone up the roof for sheep, and uh, I'm really glad I started to buy my first sheep two years ago. And I was so lucky because now I cannot even imagine someone, you know, wanting to get started now and with no money, nothing. And, and also, which is really hard, is that if you rent a place, you don't get any subsidy yourself. You just rent it. And the person that owns it and let it to you gets the sub. So it's, yeah, it's very tricky to start, I would say. And I think there, is, there isn't enough uh, that is is there to help us you know the the new entrant and the the average of um the average is 65 years old i think uh in scotland yeah. so yeah this is pretty hard and you seem to have a passion for your job and natalie has asked um what do you love most about your job um i love uh, livestock like I, I love the, the way they, they behave. So like, let's say with, with my first dog, uh, she had a lot of eye and, uh, and you know, she was, she was, and I had no idea. And I discovered, I was like, whoa, there's nothing I can do to start with. I was like, I don't know sheep and she can't do it. And it's, it's really a way of, um, uh, yeah, how I should say that. Right. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> I got lost. What do you love? No, that's okay. Um, what do you love most about your job? Right, handling livestock, like handling, like gathering and um, and uh, yeah, just moving them around. I mean, I really like, I really like when there was challenges. So see if I need to take my sheep uh, on the road. And through all the traffic and all that, I will I'll go for it. I know it's like a bad idea. Uh, I'll probably, I'll probably be thinking in my head, oh, I can take the trailer and do a few, you know, a few trips and that'll be it. And I'm just like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to make my life easy. So I really like when there was, you know, yeah. So that's, yeah, I really like moving livestock and I like challenges. So the last time, I think in the whole village, there was sheep everywhere and they pooed all over <laughs> and there was cars stopped everywhere and they, they would, there was like nice gardens and I was like, this is such a bad idea. And I had my, <laughs> I had my GoPro and I was like, oh my God, this is going to go so wrong. <laughs> but no, nothing happened and it's it's quite fun. 
and um, and people get used to that as well because I think uh, I think they used to maybe do that quite a lot um, in the past and maybe in this area, but because it's kind of gone, I find it quite funny, you know, to see people opening their windows and see, whoa, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you obviously you obviously see a few dogs out and about. Um, so who do you think are the most influential dogs in the UK and, and what makes them special? Uh, I think there was there was a whole lot of great dogs great. over here. Um, what I think is that it's not just about the dog. I think it really has to be the match because it's it's really like a teamwork. I wouldn't say there was one dog that I really like or, you know, I, I really think it's it's a match with um, with the handler, and um, so I've got a few here, but I've got a whole list, so I'm just gonna say so. Okay, <laughs> so I think I think um, Julie Hill and Ban uh, are tremendous, and um, I just think what I really like in that in that pair is that they they just kind of are a bit different that uh, they are a bit um like julie thinks always a wee bit outside the box and then which is something that's pretty hard to do especially in farming you know if you are but if to do things a bit different or something like that and i just think this is what makes them special you know she was she's 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 herself and that that that's what i like uh, with her dogs and the way she communicates with them is just it's just fantastic to watch um or i've got uh, michael share and uh, Bob and uh, Jim as well. So I've got I've got quite a few uh, quite a few dogs with uh, Jim. Uh, I got shares Jim in the breeding, and I just think they're fantastic to watch. And he's like so humble. It will it will come and have a few jokes and and just run. And it's it's fantastic. It doesn't matter if the sheep are good or bad. It makes no difference to him. And and somehow he never he never really trials much during the year. And he comes to the national. It makes a team. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> or unfair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, otherwise, I've uh, another name, George Gardner. So uh, he was he was third this year at the international, and is is not far from me, and he's absolutely fantastic to watch. He's so calm with his dog. Um, he's got Megan Megan Bunny at the moment, and uh, no, it's just it's just really inspiring to to watch them and when you see that and how calm they are you just wonder why am i so you know so on fire when i run when i can do that <laughs> i would look so much better <laughs> are, are there any sires that have left a mark on dogs that you really like size sires um dog. dogs dogs oh, male dogs dogs i think <laughs> I think I would definitely say Michael Shears Jim because uh, because it's the dog I used with Kira, so my open my open bitch, and uh, and I got Zorg, and from Zorg I got Cruz, and from Cruz I got Pops. So I would say I, I would say that so far all those ones had really, I mean I think Jim really put a lot uh, of himself into that. So yes, that's exciting. And how, while we're talking about um, dogs and breeding there, how do you guys go picking sires? Like, are, are people readily make their dogs available to use for, for breeding? Or is it people stick themselves a bit and don't like to um, spread their genetics? No, I think uh, no, I think uh, I think people do, do use dogs that, you know, people would really travel to to go and see a dog they like. I think that maybe in Scotland we really maybe tend to go and look for working dogs as well. We don't. Well, I would say people I know and myself anyway. I wouldn't go for just a trial dog that I've seen at a trial somewhere. I would really like to see what he does at work. Yeah, that's pretty similar over here. People like think if you're rating a dog just by a trial, you haven't really seen what it's really capable of. It's yeah, you know, you're in a controlled environment. Yeah. So yeah. 
What else we got, Ella? Can you touch on your training principles briefly? Um, I would say that because I because I came over with with my wee dog with lots of eye and uh, and me knowing nothing, I really had to. Yeah, I think it's survival skills, <laughs> my training methods. But um, no, I really try not to learn, not to fight um, with with the livestock. So try to work with them. And I really think that you can have uh, you can have a really really well well trained and uh, good working dog if you don't handle it properly. Um, it's never gonna work. You really need to know how sheep and cattle work um so i would say that i would really try to work on the natural of the dog so i will i know that some people will maybe do more obedience like they start a young dog and they won't lie down they won't come by your way i really personally don't care about come by your way it's more a case of calling the dog in towards you and out and uh, with pressure or with you know like firing your dog and um and i'm not gonna make them lie down either because i really like them to be in contact all the time i really like them to find that that, that point of pressure and to stay where they are and if they're too close i'm gonna put the pressure on them a bit so they stay at that point but i really like the contact i don't like the obedience side too much okay so you mentioned a bit about training tell us about the Vets training schools over there. The vet training schools. I don't know um, training like um, sheep dog handling training. Schools. Oh, sheep dog handling. All right, all right. So, <laughs> um, well, there was um, not far from me. Uh, Julie Hill does. Um, she she does a super job. She always has something out there for for um, for the young handlers and stuff. Um, but there isn't. She, she does even online courses and stuff, so that's really cool. Uh, but apart from that, I think there is some people teaching, but not many at all. So I think it's maybe a bit of a problem in this um, in this industry because we need more people, but then it's it's hard to get started as well. Yeah. So is there one thing you see a lot of handlers struggling with? Um, I would say the problem is that no, <laughs> they're not struggling with anything. No, I think um, in in this country in Scotland, there was most people that trial they they work sheep, so they really know their stock, and uh, and and they know how to work a dog. So I think I think on this side, I don't think there would be something I would definitely point. I would say that for novice that starts, it makes it really hard. Because even a really tremendous handler can make an absolute mess of a run, and it's hard because you're there. And if you're nervous, you're like, I don't want to run. I don't want to run after that. And then you make a mess, and you don't really know how to correct it. So it's yeah, I would say that that is what's hardest maybe for novices. Is there a message you'd like to get out across the working dog community? in the UK and across the world? Um, uh, what would I say? Whatever uh, you want. <laughs> I think, I think, well, I used to get um, like a, a, a few a few lessons and a few tips from, from two old shepherds in, in Wales called John Jones and Cyril Humphreys. And um, and they used to tell me like that they were so quiet the way they run dogs and I just thought it was fantastic and I just every time I shout I just try to remember myself come on do you do you remember and and um, and I remember John was saying one day it was like try to speak to your dog how you would like to be spoken to and all those little things like that and I think it's really into into details and into you know having a, a better bond with your dog that you progress should it make sense <laughs> it does it does i think that's an important message 
So, when starting out, who inspired you? Um, I think um, I think those two guys inspired me. <laughs> so yes, John John Jones and Sarah Humphreys. They are not um, they are not uh, competing very very much, but um, but yeah, they're absolutely fantastic trainers. It's like magician. You just don't even know what they're doing, and they just do it. And they don't speak, they don't, yeah. Yeah, those two guys, I would say, for sure. We've spoken about trialing a bit. Why, why do you trial? Um, I think that to start with, I trial really because because it was a challenge. I mean, I really, really, I really, really like, um, I really like a good challenge. So well, I've identified that. When, when, when you are a beginner, I mean, my first trial was a, uh, I was over in the UK and I couldn't speak English. I had no idea. And I was um I was uh helping up there for like two months, I think. And uh, and I just got um someone just entered me and I was just like I didn't even know how to say I don't want to. And I had <laughs> my one year old dog without you know in French commands and it was uh it was it was so stressful and I loved that. I was like, Oh my god, I'm really, really Scared. and I just love that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I love I love uh, the challenge of you know getting you know to run your dog in a different field, different sheep, um, and learning to 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 handle them better and watch other runs and see how they do. Uh, and it's also really fun to see you know people that have the same interests than you, and um, you can talk dogs, and they're not gonna. They're not, you're not going to annoy them. <laughs> so do you have a favourite trial? Um, I don't think I do. I think if uh, you give me the choice between a really good trial and a trial I don't know, I'll go for the one I don't know. Challenge. So, Challenge. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Love that's it. <laughs> um, what do you feel is your best accomplishment so far? What your best achievement, sir? I think um, I think it, it's really kind of the whole process of being able to to move from from Belgium without speaking the language and stuff and and to move over here with no money and being able to build that. I mean, I got I got people to to help me and you know I made really good friends. Uh, but I would say that this is the thing I'm the, the most proud of. I would say. Uh, awesome, and you know you're up for a challenge. We've got that message pretty clear today. So we've got a question here from uh, Daniel again. Um, the terminology used in the UK is very different from Australia. Can you explain what a mule, gimmer, and tups are? What the mule is? A mule, yeah, a mule, a gimmer, and tups. Oh, I see. Okay, I don't know so, any of them. so so a mule is basically is basically a cross. So you have different kind of mule. So you have the Chivit mule will be a North Country Chivit crossed with a blue faced Leicester and the traditional type, and then you get mule. And what you breed out of those mules, you normally just put a terminal sire. You can put a Texel or uh, Suffolk or whatever, and then everything that comes out of that cross uh, gets, you know, goes goes as fat. I would say most of the time, um, and so that's the that's the chivy mule, and you can have the Scottish mules, which is a cross between a Scottish blackface and a blueface Leicester, and you have those mules. Same again, to so it's a F1 cross with textile or whatever and um after and to get to get the fat lambs and you have uh, the english mules as well uh, which is a swale with a blue face and again same thing um so yes yeah, so that's the mules now i was gammers yep yeah. right so gammers is is uh it's just it's just the age so you have you have um you lambs become hogs I would say in the winter. It, to be honest, it's a bit different, even in this country. People have like <laughs> different way of saying it. But I would yep. say that a gammer 
a, a hog become a gamma once it gets shorn for the first time? That's what uh, I would say. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and a top, sorry. A top as as a ram. A, a ram. Okay. I wasn't sure if we were being stitched up, so I'm glad that they are actually things. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, do you want to read Angie's question? Um, what is life like on the land over there? Lifestyle? Yeah. Oh, uh, like my lifestyle or... Well, However you want to answer it. Yeah, the lifestyle in general. Is it laid back? Is it relaxed? Is it very um, um, upbeat, like fast-paced? I don't think I understand the accent. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, is it a laid back lifestyle or is it fast-paced? Um, how uh, your environment? So, so sorry. I'm just trying to get it right. <laughs> so, no, when you mean you mean when um, when we work, how, how what kind of rhythm we have? Yeah, is, are you guys stressing all the time and you know on edge about you know getting things done, or is it just like okay, we'll we'll get to that and we'll work through it, like with a procedure? No. Well, we can see my eyes, but um, <laughs> no, basically, we always try to get, you know, we have a, like a plan of things we're going to do. And if it's me that makes the plan, I just put way too much on it. So it's impossible to finish the day. So this is great. And um, and we just stressed and just finished, you know, a crazy time. It's but it, it's really good fun as well. So it's like, you know, it's not if, if it was a job that we didn't enjoy doing, then there's not a chance that we'd be working those hours, but because it's so fun, it's okay, and it's like you know, there was there was lots of appreciation in the work as well. But no, I would say it's like, um, like a because I've got the farm here is in by lowland, so there was more day to day work. So we'll, when there was always something to do every day, which is good. But then when we get the hill farm to do, it's like it's like the whole lot. Because there isn't much in by fields, when you do the gatherings, you need to get them processed. So everything needs to be done kind of the same day. So if you have a gathering where it's a bit messy, you you lose a bit of time, then you really, really work really hard in the fang because you need to get finished because there isn't many in by fields. And also the fences is horrible. So even if you put them there, I'll probably go back to the hill and it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds pretty common here. Wherever there's hills, the fencing isn't as great. Um, what do you do away from dogs? Do you have a hobby or a talent that people probably wouldn't know about? Um, uh, I do a little video editing. I don't think I have a talent about it. Uh, I'm just saying that I like it. <laughs> no, I really like to, to be able to show what, what I see and what I do. Uh, with the dogs because I've, I've always done wee videos and stuff but I just think like let's say when you're in the hill it's just absolutely fantastic and what those dogs can do is like I, I, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't sit by myself so I really like to yeah to, to video stuff that they do and uh, and to show a good image of farming because I think sometimes um, sometimes farming is not seen really well especially on social media at the moment it's like yeah, yeah, it's not the best. You can give your YouTube channel a plug there if you like. <laughs> Don't hesitate to subscribe to She Shepherd. <laughs> no, thanks for that. Um, no, that's okay. And how did that concept start? Um, I, was, I was making videos of um, we we have a we do lamb boxes for people locally. Uh, so I started to do wee videos about that and just try to tell people about, you know, sheep worrying, uh, dog worrying, sheep and stuff like that. And I just thought, well, I can do better than that. And I just started to to film a bit more. Yep. There's some pretty cool videos on there. Thanks. <laughs> and also, I might get myself a horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is there anyone you'd like us to sit down and do a Q&A with? Um, I think um, if I had to be someone in the UK, I would definitely, I would definitely like to to hear um, Michael Shearer, and um, and if it's someone outside the UK, there is someone that uh, a, a really good friend of mine in Switzerland, and she's called Natalie, and um, and she used to to work with her dogs. This is this is one of the first person that I seen that was really like wow. This is amazing what she does. And she was, you know, looking after the sheep in the mountains during the summer. And then she was bringing them down. And, you know, she had thousands of sheep to graze, you know, to graze during the the, the autumn time and stuff. And uh, and it's just the lifestyle is crazy. The type of dog is totally different. And, uh, yeah, and she's got, well, she, she's got Kelpies and Collies and, and all that. And... Yeah, even German Shepherd just to keep um, to keep the sheep away from going into fields and stuff. So yeah. yeah, I think that would be very fantastic. Maybe uh, when we're offline, you can hook us up with a couple of those people. Yeah, no, cool. That'd be cool, especially German Shepherds in Australia. No one really uses them for stock work, so yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, that's great. So if there was a question there tonight that you liked, what, what question do you think that would have been? And that winner, whoever had that question is going to win a bag of dog food. And all the question I heard today from yep. um, maybe maybe the one about the traits of dogs for for running in the hill? Yeah, right there, that's Daniel Lenzo. So, Daniel, I'll probably contact you before you see this, but in case I forget yes. or get sidetracked, um, shoot me a message, mate, I'm with done. your details, and a bag of Enduro dog food will be coming your way. So, we'd like to thank you for jumping on and having a chat with us. We really appreciate it. There's one more question before we go. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks? <laughs> um to be honest i think ducks can be quite aggressive see mine if i don't let them out you know early in the morning they are like super raging so to be honest i don't really know if i want to fight a dog <laughs> seriously and my ones that are running dogs they're like super high like this i don't think i want to the horses like the mini horses and um and I might not fight them, you know, I can just keep them, can I? <laughs> <laughs> very well, very well answered, loving it. So, uh, on that note, um, to all our viewers there today, thanks for logging in. I hope you enjoyed um, your time with Laura, our first international guest. And please remember that uh, the day we stop learning will be a sad day for each of us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. <laughs>